reviewing the brand new entry into the Halloween franchise, Halloween Ends. A very divisive film amongst the audiences. But uh, before we get to that, uh, we are going to skip spooky stuff this week because we have so much to say about this movie. But we will still give our music recommendations for your Halloween playlists. I got a hoodie. Uh, who? Yeah, Miles has a hoodie. I'm wearing a Jason shirt, and uh, Chris is wearing an A24 t-shirt. <laughs> Midsummer <laughs> edition. <laughs> spooky stuff all around on the, uh, on the fabric. <laughs> We're sporting the spooky swag. Well, yeah, who wants to go first? Chris, why don't you go first? For music, yeah, because also yeah. I did have to tell you, I know we're not doing spooky stuff, just want to say I'm drinking a spooky beer, Elysian Night Owl Pumpkin Ale. I figured it, I, I would need a beer for this for this movie, so <laughs> I wanted to be fully prepared. Um, so my first song is by Hozier. It's called Something in the Woods Tonight. Excuse me, In the Woods Somewhere is what it's called. I don't know how I got so far off of what it actually is called there. I can I was, feel it coming in the woods tonight. I was literally reading the, the title wrong, like inserting words where there were none. So that's where I'm at. Um, this song is so good. It's, um, you know, classic Hozier, like more low key, but it's just got this like more ominous, like feel to it. And, um, Basically, the song is about hearing a scream in the woods and this guy runs into the trees and he sees a fox and he's like, okay, something bit him. Someone killed this. It's like a half dead fox. It's been like attacked. And then he said he looked up as he was about to mercy kill the fox and there's a, a creature there and it lunged to kill him. And then he ended up running away and never finding out what the what the creature was which i just really really like the lyricism in it song is a jam so if you haven't heard it in the woods somewhere by hosier um, my second song is going to be another one off of the uh, the Devil Wears Prada's Zombie EP. Again? Um, yeah, definitely another one. This one is coming on Zombie EP 2. Um, Zombie 2 is not as good as the first, I'll be honest with you. I really, I still enjoy it, but it's just not as good. Um, but Nora is an absolute jam on this album. It's the chorus is very post-apocalyptic zombie zombie vibes and the riff that I guess it would be in their chorus or the refrain of this song is just so heavy. It hits so hard. Um, so I'd highly, highly recommend checking both the zombie EP and zombie two out from the Devil Wars Prada. If you dig this song. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Miles, what about you, buddy? I'm getting weird with it. Let's first, let's not get weird with it first. Let's go with the song, tear you apart by she wants revenge. Ah. It's totally not weird. This is not a weird <laughs> song at all. 
<laughs> no, this song is super good. It's real murdery, but at the same time, like, obsessive stalker, like, really well made. The stalker gets the girl, and then, oh boy, it gets real weird after that. I want to hold you close, So, uh, yeah, it was on an, a season of American Horror Story. That's how I found it, where Lady Gaga is naked and ripping dudes' throats out and stuff. It's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, check that one out for sure. I listen to it all the fucking time, no matter what time of year it is. So, love that song. I just listened to it yesterday. Yeah, it's a good fucking song. Yeah, I love that song. Uh, the next one, I had it stuck in my head out of nowhere a couple days ago. I was like... How is this what's happening in my brain? And the answer is, it's the Dark Shadows theme song from the 50s soap opera. You guys ever experienced Dark Shadows? No, I saw I that. I know what it is, I've never watched it. They made it in a movie with Johnny Depp, and it was a comedy, and it was not what Dark Shadows is. It was legitimately a soap opera where, like, the main character is a vampire. And uh, (laughs) I used to watch it when I was a kid because there was nothing else on when I'd get to my grandma's house before kindergarten or whatever. And, uh, yeah, Dark Shadows theme song. It's very eerie, very 50s slash 60s. I think it came out in 59. So it's, uh, it's an older song. But it's uh, it your playlist would not be complete without it if you're trying to have like a spooky Halloween playlist. So yeah, the Dark Shadows theme song. Hell yeah. Uh, my two for this week. Uh, my first one is uh, to piggyback off of Chris's from last week. Is by the band Ice Nine Kills. Hey. It's called Thank God It's Friday. Yes. <laughs> this is fucking song slaps. It's all about the first Friday the 13th movie uh, about Mama Voorhees and her vengeance against the camp counselors. And it's fucking awesome. And especially check out the music video because it's like set at like a Camp Crystal Lake type of place and they they redo the famous canoe scene. <laughs> and Love it's it. fantastic. It's it's great. It's, it's such a great song. And it, it that whole album is amazing. It's Chris talked about it last week, concept album all about horror movies. And it's just great. Um, my other song is a, a song called Zombie by the band The Pretty Reckless. Do you guys know The Pretty Reckless? Yes. I've heard of them, but I can't say... I'm sure I've heard a song by them, but I can't say I've ever actually listened to them. That's Cindy Lou Who, bro. Yeah, from the Jim Carrey Grinch. I, she grew up to be a hot metal chick that performs in lingerie all the time. I yeah, did the, hear that, actually. The, like, <laughs> insert of the CD is her just, like, full frontal laying on a grave. Like, is pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> but, and uh, that's yeah, the boob report. And, and that that's... Boy. The boob report. <laughs> but yeah, Zombie's a, a great song. It's basically be a, like uh, like talk all the shit you want. You can't hurt me. I'm already dead type of shit. Hmm. And it's a it's a great 
spooky jam. Uh, they used to play at the Halloween store when I worked there. I was like, the song's fucking awesome. But yeah, those are our uh, Halloween playlist recommendations for this week. We hope you're liking these so far. Uh, and definitely let us know on social media if you put this together into an actual playlist uh hit us up everywhere at h on h pod but uh all right boys this week's movie halloween ends god evil died tonight (laughs) god damn it the franchise died tonight (laughs) if this doesn't give it away i'll start i'll start this by asking a very simple question i want all of us to answer this just just yes or no did you like this movie chris no Miles, I only have two answers. Yes or no? <laughs> I guess I'm going with yes. No, I know. If if you're putting me it's in big, a corner, big no for me. If you're putting me in a corner, then yes, I enjoyed it because I was entertained. But is it a good movie? No. Yeah, no, it's not a good movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I asked that because I think we represent a good like graph of the demographics of people that would watch this movie because i am like a diehard fan of this miles has seen all of these movies and is, and is pretty up to it but not M- obsessed with it and and chris is a pretty casual fan of the series but he's seen most of them mm-hmm. um and if if we don't love this movie <laughs> any of us don't love this movie it, it kind of says a lot but I I have had quite a few days of struggling with this movie in my head and with listening to and reading other people's responses to this film because it is all over the fucking place. <laughs> I cannot. Honestly, when I got like 30, 40 minutes in, I did check my phone to just be like, how far into this movie are we? Because this is so far away from any tone of any Halloween movie that we've seen. Like, what what's happening? I, I honestly, it brought back like trauma from watching Rob Zombie 2. <laughs> because I'm just like, what is happening? Like, I have no idea what's going on. See, I don't, I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's Rob Zombie too bad. Someone, I put out a tweet today asking who, what your favorite Halloween sequel was, and somebody's answer was Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie, and I said, why? No. <laughs> Boo this man. Boo no. And they said, because it's amazing, and I was like, no, it's not. It's like, <laughs> it's like that movie's shit. This movie has seen one movie, and that's it. That's a, yeah, that's a blockable yeah. offense. But I will, yeah, the... This movie's tone and story is all over the place. And there's so many scenes and, like, character traits that feel like they are sequels to different movies. Like, Laurie Strode in this movie does not seem like the character coming off of the heels of Halloween Kills. Nope. I think, A, because it doesn't make sense for her to be acting the way that she's acting, and B... It is not how they promoted this movie at all. Nope. They wanted to keep the big twist of this movie such a secret that they just promoted this as the movie everyone wanted to see and then gave us something completely different. 
Yeah, she goes Mary Poppins, which doesn't make any sense. Like, she's out here baking pies and getting defensive <laughs> over who her granddaughter's dating. Like, she likes Halloween. Yeah, she likes <laughs> the, Halloween. The one woman on the planet that would hate Halloween <laughs> is, like, decorating her house and shit <laughs> and being like, it's a tradition to bake pies on Halloween. It's like, like her, her complete 180 of a character in this movie is like this is the sequel to 2018 if Michael had died in the fire. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. It doesn't make any sense. At the end of Halloween Kills, your daughter was murdered. I thought and was hoping and still think that this movie should have started off with her narrating it saying like four years ago he killed 31 people including my daughter and for the last four years, me and my granddaughter have been hunting him, and we cannot find him. Like, this, sh- she should have been John Rambo in this fucking movie, and she turned into <laughs> fucking Martha Stewart. Like, sh- it didn't make any sense. Like, you were terrified and ruined your entire life worrying that this man was going to escape from prison when he was securely behind bars and never made an attempt you let your whole life go to ruin. You ruined your relationship with your children, with your granddaughter. You had your kids taken away. You were divorced twice. All because you couldn't recover from this one incident 40 years ago. But he murders half the town, including your daughter, and goes missing and can't be found. And you go, well, this is a good time to move on. <laughs> like it doesn't, That doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> She should be now more than ever armed to the teeth and ready to kill. I I just feel honestly, Josh. I I see what you're saying. Is it bad that that's like not even that's like one of my favorite parts of the movie? Oh, there's much worse. Yeah, no, there's much worse issues. Yeah, but it just it is such a it, it just sticks out like a sore thumb that she acts like a completely different character. That was my first critique of the movie when I walked out was, holy shit, Jamie Lee Curtis had to play a completely different character. At least until the end. I was sitting there watching her, and I'm thinking of, like, the trajectory of the character just like that, and I'm like, of course she's still going to be a badass, but when was it, like, it was kind of like what you were saying. You put it very concisely. At what point did she decide that, like, I've ruined my life now that I'm 60. You had 40 years of pent-up rage and terror, and you're like, all right, yeah, this is the moment. This is when it is. Do you, do you guys like pie? What if I burned it? Whoopsie-daisy, this is the biggest trauma of my day as I burned a pie. Like We're looking at pictures of her daughter, and even in the recap, she's like, and he killed my daughter, and he disappeared for two years, and now it's been four years. That didn't make any sense either. Did you guys pick up on and, that? <laughs> and it just, it doesn't, she should feel more guilty and like have, feel like a sense of purpose to find him and kill him now than ever. Like you spent 40 years when you should have been happy that you were a survivor of this horrible event, lamenting the fact that you were attacked in the first place. Now you have a reason to actually want vengeance. You're, only child was killed it would have been such an amazing movie though if like michael was coming in through the back door and he stepped on a landmine in her just regular ass backyard <laughs> and fucking blew his leg off that would have been way like that should have been like ah she's still got it <laughs> 
That would have been great. So I guess let's let's kind of walk through this movie, but I do want to spend time talking about the things that we don't like and at the end talk about what what we think could have been different to make a more salvageable movie. Oh yeah, I got there, I got notes for that. Yeah. Because I think the opening is good, but then the direction they take it in you could have taken it in several different directions to make a better film because just from like a narrative standpoint besides like this is a, this kind of goes without saying but we'll say it anyways this is a full spoiler review <laughs> we yeah. haven't caught up to that already the whole Corey subplot and well not even subplot it's the plot of the film for some reason <laughs> uh like you could have taken that in many different ways that were more satisfying than the way they took it in but yeah, we we open in 2019, so a year after Kills, it's Halloween night. <laughs> a, a young man named Corey Cunningham is uh, arriving at this home where he's going to babysit for the night. Is the he's babysitting this kid? They're watching the thing, the remake of the thing, which is nice a little nod to the original because in the original one, the kids are watching the 50s version of the thing. <laughs> They're watching the much more graphic version of it. This <laughs> one. But this kid is a little shithead. He seems all cute and nice at first, but once his parents leave, he's a little fucking monster. Of course he is, because he lives in Haddonfield, which is just full of shit people. <laughs> like, they deserve a serial killer. <laughs> I can't be stopped. He's... <laughs> He's super shitty because he's like, my not hot male babysitter. And I'm like, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted a hot chick, I would be disappointed too. But, yeah, Corey's like an engineering student who has his whole life ahead of him, which is it's also He talks at the beginning like he is getting into college. He says, I'm, I'm thinking about go- taking different engineering courses. But then two seconds later he goes, I'm 21. I don't get scared of anything. I'm like, he's re-graduating college. What? You're just starting? You're 21 years old. Well, he said he, said he stayed at home a couple extra years to save up money. Oh, did he say? I did not catch that part. Yeah. With his mom, you sense, absolutely huh? understand why he's yeah, a little sheltered and didn't sense. do it. Yeah. yeah, his mom's horrible. But, uh, yeah, basically this kid hides on him, but it makes it look like someone has broken into the house. Eventually, Corey gets locked in the attic by the little kid who's, like, taunting him and won't let him out. And as the kid's parents are coming home, Corey is, like, kicking on the door and is like, you little shit, I'm going to kill you. And he, the, he kicks it, and the door flies open, knocks the kid over the banister of the third floor that they're on, and he comes career Like, how shocked were you that, that that happened when you saw this? So shocked. <laughs> I was like, it was abrupt. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, when that kid landed, I was like, <gasps> couldn't believe that yeah. shit. He, like, bounces back up. Like, it is... It is well shot and very effective and traumatizing. But they're going for where they go from here is they try to use that scene like it parallels Michael in some sort of way, but it doesn't. This was very clearly an accident. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I like somehow I I don't want to say I missed that the kid fell. I was like, but did he do it on purpose? Like was as the movie goes on, I'm like. Is that really the moment he was corrupted? Because he's clearly got some serious issues. So did he maybe actually do it on purpose? No, because he didn't uh, seem to have any issues beforehand. 
Well, we, his issues are that he accidentally killed a child, and the whole town hates him for it. That's true. Yeah, I definitely did not. He didn't do it on purpose, as far as I was concerned. And that is a big, speaking of the town, that is a very big sticking point of me with this film in particular, but they they kind of do it in this whole trilogy. I do not give a fuck about the town being a character in these movies. I think it's so fucking stupid. People don't act that way. Like, they don't... There's so many things, and it it just is. It really sticks out in this movie that they. But they, if you pay attention, they do it in the last two as well. Evil People don't tonight. act the way. Yeah, like the how the mob went crazy in Halloween Kills and acted like fucking zo- like zombies, just trying to rip into flesh and shit. Like people don't act the way that they act in these movies, and then they do a lot of shit. To where it's like, is this supposed to be set in a realistic world or not? Because you have so many things that are very clearly fictional, while at the same time you're trying to act like this is a normal small town. And it's like, you can't just make things up and say it and go, well, you have to believe it now because we said it. Like Lori's description of evil, it's like, you're just saying words. That's that's not a real thing. <laughs> it's not a fact. <laughs> I don't understand why everybody blames Lori for Michael. Like, they're like, you antagonized him. She did? When did that happen? I think what they're trying to do is that, like, everybody talks thing. To where, like, and the same thing with Lori as with Corey is why the whole town is kind of turned against both of them. Is that, like, rumors have spread and it's you know everybody's story changes to the next person to the next person so everybody has this everyone thinks they know what happened when nobody knows what happened that makes but sense but they've all taken taken their own stories as truth but they don't they don't convey it that way they convey it like these things are like the town is being corrupted by evil so that's why people are thinking and acting this way and it's like that's not a real fucking thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i mean i thought that entire plot line was super dumb uh didn't care like you said about the town as a character um and i i just felt like a lot of the side characters involvement in the films was very unsatisfying for example, the like bimbo coworker who was banging the doctor boss, um, like arguably one of the better pair of kills in the film, like in terms of like just having Michael be involved, quote air quotes there on Michael, um, but it just was not like it didn't have the same flair of kills or even the first one, and it's because it wasn't Michael Myers. Yeah, this is like a very toned down film compared to kills kind of in like the same like the opposite direction of how up it was compared to halloween 2018 and i don't know if that was like reactionary because some people didn't like how like brutal kills was but me and chris loved it miles you said you were rewatching kills before you went to see ends did you do that and did your opinion of it change at all i did do that and I remember walking into Kills in my living room and going, like, this one, like, this whole trilogy isn't that brutal in comparison to, like, how I felt like the old ones were. 
And then upon the rewatch of Kills, it absolutely is very brutal and horrific. And uh, the, I don't know, the scene that really stuck out to me was when he killed the old couple. And that is like some of the most brutal shit you can imagine. Imagine your significant other of like 60 years getting stabbed over and over in front of you as he's knife shopping. Like, whew, it was so unsettling. And then she doesn't die. And I was like, wait a yeah, minute, she didn't we, die. Uh, and then she comes back. As we in saw this in this one, movie, she's alive. It's crazy. I can't, like, the trauma that woman must live with, like, that shook me to the core that she was still alive and, like, people got mad at Lori for smiling. Like, woof. Can't imagine the. That woman, I understand being mad. That makes sense. But everybody else being like, yeah, fuck Lori Strode, doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah. So, yeah, we jump to present day, and Corey is, he didn't go to jail. He, he got off from the clear accident that happened. But his life is kind of ruined. Which it's like, if you were found innocent of any charges, you'd still be able to go to college. Like, But uh, he works at his stepdad's, I assume it's his stepdad, because he calls him by his first name, his junkyard, yeah. working on cars. And uh, I loved that character. He was such a sweet Yeah, his dude. dad is so nice. Yeah. He did not deserve his fate at all. No. <laughs> I was waiting for a uh, Rob Zombie, like, Danny Trejo moment. It's like, yeah, I was I good was, to yeah. you, Mikey. I gave you I was a expecting motorcycle. that, too. I was glad that didn't happen. Me, too. I'll take an accidental death for him. Ronald, right? Yeah. But, yeah, he he's... At first, it seems like he's just his boss. He, like... He's like, oh, you're late, but here, here's a motorcycle, so you won't be late anymore. And just seems like a nice guy. It turns out it's his like stepdad. And I, I do have to say, the first half of this movie, I really like Corey, and I wish they had kind of taken his character in a different direction. Yeah, because would have been a- he's just like a a sweet, lovable guy that's you know, kind of dorky and and you know, kind of sticks to himself, and everyone just kind of picks on, and. He's. This is out of a movie that has so much unbelievable shit in it. I have to say, this is probably the most unbelievable part. He's at the he's at the convenience store, and as he goes out, he gets stopped by a group of kids, kids that are clearly in the marching band. The and band they go on to kids. Tell them that they're in the marching band. <laughs> the band kids are bullying poor Corey. This is the dumbest characterization of people I've ever seen in my fucking life. You know how mean and jock-like band kids are? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Isn't the lead guy a football player? No! They're all in the dr- They're all in the band! <laughs> and they, bull- they try to bully Corey into buying them beer, and he's super nice about it, and then uh, they start talking shit about him being a, a kid murderer. And he, he breaks his yoo-hoo in his hand and cuts his hand open, but then Lori's there, and she's like, fuck off, you little assholes. We're kindred spirits, for some reason. Initiate cool grandma moment. Like, she feels bad for him because she knows it was an accident. And because she survived murder? <laughs> that somehow aligned, like, I guess because they're both, like, outcasts. Mm-hmm. She she sympathizes with them. Uh, she takes them to the hospital where Allison works, her granddaughter, I mean, they, who's a nurse now. They try to draw those parallels by showing when she gets, like, confronted at the grocery store by the lady who survived the light bulb to the throat, and um, 
same with uh, Corey and the mother of the child that he punted off the fifth story <laughs> and absolutely <laughs> kerplashed his freaking body all over the freaking foyer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest standout point to this movie is why the fuck don't you people just move away? <laughs> like, you're not, you don't have to stay here, okay? Like, if you have the, such a bad reputation in town, move somewhere where nobody knows you. It's not difficult. <laughs> like, you, Lori bought a house. Why don't you buy a house out of Haddonfield? You move somewhere else. Yeah. But all my uh, memories are here. Oh, those great memories you have of not having kids or yeah. grandkids? <laughs> yeah, your friends being murdered and then your worst nightmare coming to life, <laughs> coming back to try to kill you. <laughs> but this is my life. Yeah. So Lori is kind of like, she assumes Allison will like him, but she immediately, like the second she sees Corey, she's like, I need to get me some of that dick. She's aggressive. Like she's eye-fucking the shit out of him. <laughs> It was kind of refreshing, though, to have the female be the pursuer. You know, like, we've seen a lot of stalker serial killer movies where the guy is just like, you should be with me. And they're like, mm, I don't know. I guess so. She's just like, nah, I'm all in. This guy's got it. And uh, I, I feel for the curly-haired kid with glasses, man. I was on his team <laughs> the whole way. But why? Like, she's attracted to trauma? Is that the point she's <laughs> like, a fixer like the fixers are real she's out here trying to fix this guy she's a nurse because she's a fixer so she sees this yeah. extremely damaged person who has in some ways similar trauma so the trauma aligned and she's like i can not only make this person feel safe being with me he can make me feel safe being with him and also i can fix him and turn him into a normal ass dude and she is incorrect in that theory as I suppose that's the message is like, don't always trust your your thoughts about other people. You need to understand that you can't change somebody who you think needs to change. Unlike Spider-Man. It's the opposite of Spider-Man where it's like, you can <laughs> Unless change Unless your everyone. name's Michael Myers, then you can change somebody. Yeah. <laughs> For apparently no reason. Well, that's the supernatural thing that they established at the end of the last movie is that like the manifestation of evil is how he continues to live. So he kind oh, of we'll like, get into that. He just like <laughs> shoves it into the guy like, I don't know, let's get there because it's yeah, it's important. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically not a lot happens. Uh, Corey and Allison are going to go on a date. They go on a date at a bar. Corey is confronted by the mother of the child that he accidentally Let's killed. Let's talk about so this dance leaves. scene. <laughs> yeah, Allison's a weird dancer. <laughs> Allison's a weird dancer. Corey's a weird dancer. The, I, are they supposed yeah, to Yeah, who crawls around on the bar floor? That's disgusting. Yuck. Yeah, it's trampled city. That place was crowded as fuck. That guy should have gotten stepped on in the face. It's like, how many drinks have you had, sir? Because yeah, you would have to be dragging me on the floor out of there for me to be on that floor. Yuck. Yeah, but the like there is symmetry in this in this scene because Lori got yelled at for smiling and he got yelled at for smiling and having a good time. Yes, definitely. I just I didn't think the parallel between him and Lori really made sense outside of having been through something traumatic. Like, I guess it was just trying to show, like, the two different paths that you could go on with trauma. And, like, Laurie had finally come full circle in this film. But it was just, like, that's not really... 
I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm definitely not there to see like character development from Laurie Strode. It's not why I watch. She's the Halloween, main really. character. What are you talking about? I don't. I'm not. I, I yeah, think. I'm not there to see layers of shit, like subtext and like theology of like look at look at the comparison of these characters of Lori who's dealt with her trauma and Corey whose trauma is fresh and all like all this the shit that they always try to put into modern movies like it's unnecessary just focus on making a good movie in the genre you're making and then maybe try to layer that stuff on top afterwards but they try to make it with these like messages and things from the get-go and that's not how they used to make movies they used to just make a movie and then people would read way too into them and be like oh they must have been thinking this and that and this. and it's like no that's just coincidence <laughs> like nowadays they just try to beat you over the fucking head with it i don't know i feel like that's exactly what they did was they like tried to establish a good movie just in general they didn't do it but they tried to establish a good movie they changed the plot a little bit and from the like standard walk stab repeat we had to like change it up a little and without a fucking elderly man being the main bad guy i don't know I, i didn't i didn't hate that they tried to take it in a different direction the execution wasn't great but that was like you have a trilogy your characters are supposed to expand and grow with each movie and, uh, but exactly, you. This is a trilogy. This movie and its concepts and story is something you should have attempted to do in the first movie of a trilogy, not at the ending. Yeah. Introduce a brand new character that needs the entire movie to have his story told. Yeah. When you are in the third act of of a movie you're already supposed to be making. Yeah, like independent of that, so like that entire plot going very uh, like differently than one the marketing but two where the actual story was going like lori being so drastically different and like her uh her and her granddaughter like their storylines the granddaughter was the main character in the last one but like lori wasn't really even in the last film outside of like being nursed back to health after getting fucked and like this movie, she was in it, but she was completely different. And I don't know. Like, it just, it didn't feel, there was not a smooth transition by any means. Like, from two to three. No, but if you watch the first one, like the original, the OG, she's just a regular person. And she's trying to get back to that. But it doesn't make sense. Everything in between happens. And then she's like, oh, I'll get back to that. Maybe if, like, Halloween 2018 happened, and then that was the end of it, it would make more sense to transition into this. But then Halloween Kills being in the middle of it really doesn't doesn't add to her character development at all. And she is by far the worst part of the second movie, is all the hospital bullshit that didn't need to be in there. Yeah. It's almost like Kills probably should have been the finale. Sans her being and in the it, hospital. And it really could have been. You could have really just taken the last 10 minutes of this movie and slapped it at the end of Kills and had a pretty decent ending. Yeah. Landmine would have been better, but, you know. <laughs> waterfall tackle. The waterfall tackle. Bro, you didn't get it. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, my dream did not come true. 
I I said I hope I was assuming Lori would tackle Michael off a waterfall and that would be our ending. I then went on to say any tall structure would do. We a, a radio tower plays a significant role in this movie, and I was like, ah, oh, there it is, motherfuckers. I called it. But no, it doesn't come back into play, sadly. <laughs> and my as, dreams were dashed. As soon as I saw that industrial grinder, I watched videos of people throwing watermelons and stuff into those in my free yeah. time. 25 <laughs> yeah. minutes of just crushing things. As soon as I saw it, I was like, well, that's how we're going to finally get rid of him, is we're going to tenderize him and just... Yeah. And they sh- yeah, they show it a couple of times to where I was like, oh, well, that's coming back. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, let's get into this next scene because I think this is the most important scene in the movie as far as where the divisiveness comes into play. Because you are either on board for this next scene or you are not. And if you are not, then pretty much the rest of the movie sucks except for the last 10 minutes. Can we also say that... It is very, very important to note that this movie did not have Michael Myers in it for 50 minutes. Yeah. 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 Out of two hours. Yeah. I rewatched it today, and I didn't even mind that because I feel like they're doing a lot of trying to set up what the fuck is going on. But, I mean, they yeah, they don't even, like, tease it a little. No, I know. It would have played so much better if he was... The people that he was abducting that you were hearing about, it just showed these, like, individuals getting taken, all the while the Corey story developing, because then at least you'd be like, oh, is Corey going to confront Michael? Like, is he going to show down against him? And then it's like, no, he ends up becoming a little fucking yeah. simp for Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, Corey leaves the bar, and he gets confronted by the band kids again. They get in a little tuffle, and they throw him off a bridge, basically. <laughs> just Corey a little, does not die somehow. Just a little, uh, little <laughs> you know, kids will be kids, yeah. am I right? Right off the fucking <laughs> yeah. bridge. Dude, I gotta, send, yeah, no big deal. I gotta send you a video. I just saw two people on Instagram. They were like... I don't even know what was happening, but I guess they were leaning against this like super tiny balcony and fell like three stories, but didn't die. And, oh, I saw that. And, yeah. and I was just like, Jesus Christ. I don't think I'd like to uh, see that. Thank you. <laughs> there is no blood. Don't worry, Miles. It was, it was more just like, how are you not dead? It's like a drunk couple fighting and the balcony breaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so much better. Um, yeah, but below this bridge, it's, it's like homeless person alley, I guess, even though there only seems to be one homeless person. <laughs> Do you know who the homeless um, person is played by? I think that's different. The guy at the bar was Nick Castle. Was oh, was he? I thought it was that, the like, homeless guy. Flashed his guts. No. He looked no, like there's him. like a quick scene of an old man in the bar that looks at Corey and goes, like what you see? And he opens his jacket and he's got like a bunch of like paper organs taped to his body. That's Nick Castle who played Michael Myers in the original one and in parts of Kills in 2018. I don't think he, I don't know if he did it in this one or not. I thought for sure he was the homeless guy. It, they look they look exactly pretty much exactly like <laughs> but uh yeah if you look quickly cuz they show the homeless man but if you look over to the right of the screen you can see Michael like walking up to Corey but then off screen Corey gets dragged into this like manhole and uh he wakes up in the this like sewer and he's stumbling around he's very confused and he goes to leave and Michael reaches out from the wall which you see in the trailer and he's like choking Corey. But then <laughs> what they don't show you in the trailer is this weird scene where they're looking into one another's eyes and Michael can see 
all of like the bad shit that has happened to Corey. He sees like him killing the little boy and the band people being mean to him. So it's like a transference of evil. Yeah. He like I, chokes I the guess. innocence out of him and then just leaves all of the evil and then pours his evil inside of him because he's got the like the perpetual we are afraid of Michael, we hate Michael is what gives Michael his supernatural powers. So because that same thing is happening to him, the stronger that the kid gets, the stronger Michael gets. So he's like transferring his evil in there to try and recover from I guess he isn't doing enough push ups in that little cave thing. I don't know why he's so weak. But Well he only he gets stronger from killing people. Yeah. So they act like he hasn't been killing people, but there are missing posters everywhere. And the homeless man says in the next scene, Corey escapes the unscathed, and the homeless man attacks him basically and is like, he drags people in there all the time. How did and but no one ever comes out. How did you live? So Michael's been dragging these missing people in there and killing them. And Michael was strong enough to drag Corey into there in the first place. That's true. So, so it's very confusing when we get to it the next time we see Michael, and he's very weak. Before we move on, you said you're either here for it or you're not here for it. I was here for it. I was like, all right, let's get some Why? supernatural shit in here. Let's like do something different. And that's what I liked about it is we're doing something different. But it's not supernatural. And the moment we see Michael next, it's not supernatural because he's completely beaten down for no reason at all. He's like, old. He's like fucking 75. But it's not that he's old. No, he's he's 65. That's which isn't old. all that old. Eh. And the the implication is that he's beaten down because of what happens to him at the end of kills. I mean, he got pretty Except fucked up. Except for at the, the end fact of kills. that he gets up from that scene and goes on to murder 16 people and seems perfectly fine. But four years later, he's fucked up from it. He would the most fucked up you would be is moments after that happened to you, dude. He was empowered by their fear. I don't know. I just like yeah. You couldn't. You can't have it both ways. You can't have that he's been like he's close to death, but he's still alive because he's evil. But then like he can attach on. Like, there's just too much left unsaid for me to read all of that into, like, what's happening. Because... Yeah, he can't be supernatural and just a man. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Because like, cause if, you, can't, you can't be looking into people's eyes and transferring evil and, and then stabbing people and, like, jizzing your pants, rejuvenating yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, he has, like, convulsions where he, like... He is perfectly fine again after stabbing a man to death when he was all beaten to shit. But that you had him beaten to shit like he was just a person. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I would... I don't know. I mean, like... The thing is, it's not even like he goes on a rampage on Halloween night, either. I was really worried that he was going to transfer the evil and then disintegrate into dust. And then that kid would have the mask. I was like, don't do it. Please, John... John Carpenter, put your cigarette down. This is a bad idea. Don't do it. Stop playing Fallout and just acknowledge that yeah. this is not the way to do this movie. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't see any direction that could have really taken the paranormal plot as the conclusion of this trilogy where I would have really liked it because mm-hmm. it just seems like very off the wall unless they had been like we killed Here's the paranormal story that would have made sense for me. We killed Michael at the end of Kills. Everybody moves on from that point. He's dead. He's for sure dead. He comes back either in some form or we see it directly manifesting in Corey. 
but like Corey getting the the eye of existence from Michael Myers to like send him over to the team dark side just was not that was not it for me. I did not like that. And like more importantly, what I didn't like about it was that he was living a normal life outside of killing people. Yeah. Yeah, he his his being evil besides killing people is just him co- becoming a little bit more of an asshole, <laughs> and Allison doesn't really notice he's a dick now. And he's not wearing his glasses anymore. Fuck you. Yeah, his glasses <laughs> that were just for show. You can't tell yeah, me what Josh, to do. Josh, you posted something on Twitter. You're like, but where did his glasses go? That's the biggest problem. And I was like, oh no, he's he's in that little cave, delicately putting in his very dirty fucking contact lenses yeah. every day yeah michael's michael's vision gave him fucking lasik eyes there, yeah. <laughs> that was the that was the thing that we didn't read in on josh was we should have yeah. known like once he stopped wearing his glasses it's because he literally has michael's eyes now yeah and from this moment on after he loses his glasses he's then operating a motorcycle and it's like you really don't need those to see. The only thing that would have been more clear, you've become a bad guy, is if he grew a goatee like evil Spock. Yeah. Well, that's why it doesn't make any like he still he wants like a life with Allison and shit, and like so it's like evil is evil and he wants to kill people, but he still loves. He's still in love. That doesn't make any. It's, that doesn't. It's almost go like hand in hand. by the end of it, they portray it as like he had an obsession with her. He was obsessed with being with her and that he was willing to burn like the whole town down and do whatever it took to make that happen. But again, it just did. It was like very, the, the pieces of the puzzle were very jagged. Like they did not click together the way that they needed to, for that story to be told coherently. I don't know if I'm going to put this in the best way. I'm going to try. There is meddling with the studio versus the conceptual thought of things, right? This didn't they didn't want this to be a damsel in distress story. They wanted the female characters to be empowered. But I feel like John Carpenter's intention was that he was the pursuer of her and she gave in. But the meddling was like no, she should be the one who who pursues him because we don't want her to be a damsel in distress. We don't want her to be stupid and just buy into his stuff. We want her to be all in from the beginning. So I wonder if John Carpenter's original idea was a little bit on the stale side of like, okay, so we want him to be obsessed with her and then win her over like the show you or something. And I like, I don't, I don't know how much of this was originally his idea because they needed this to make money. They needed this to be a big deal. So I wonder if they fucked with the like it would have been a better movie to reinforce the stalkerness and make him more evil if they had not made her the aggressor in the relationship. Yeah, well, none of it was his idea. John Carpenter didn't do any story work on this, but really, oh, I didn't. Know I understand that. what you're saying. Yeah, he's just he did the music and he's an executive producer, but that's more for the money, money of it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I see. What, I think yeah, I think it would have been better if like. You got that beginning scene between the like when she's cleaning out his hand and she asks him out and he says no, and then you get the Michael stuff of transferring evil, and then he just silently stalks her for the rest of the movie, as like a parallel to the first one. I think that would have been better and it would have conveyed that 
basically the evil had been transferred over to him better because he's still talking and acting like a normal person really it doesn't honestly it doesn't, like, even a, but if he wasn't killing people you wouldn't have been able to tell he was evil <laughs> even a hybrid of that would have been fine by me because like he could have been with her right but then anytime he wasn't with like dating her but anytime he wasn't with her he was stalking her and that would have also been acceptable like because then it's like oh he's like faking you know or like he's a sociopath like yeah well like the scene because the next time that they're together is well he comes over to the house kind of similar to the first one laurie sees him outside the window and is like that looks kind of like my how michael was hiding behind the bush i liked this and scene <laughs> how it was shot and it, again it's uh, there's there's things i can tip my hat to and be like okay this was cool how they did it however it didn't add to the movie to a point where I enjoyed it. Like it was just a cool yeah. little thing to see, but like yeah, it just... they didn't maintain the the parallels. If they had maintained the parallels, like he was becoming Michael, it would have been different. But they turned him into his own monster, and I think that's what didn't work in this movie. Yeah, he should have been creepy, but he's just kind of an asshole. Like. When he, she goes outside, because she sees him out by the bush, so she Lori goes outside, and he, like, pops up behind her. He's immediately still talking like a nice person. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. I'm just waiting for Allison. And she is terrified. Yeah. She sees it like, in his eyes. You, sh- you should have had a scene where he she turned around, and he was just silently standing there, like, staring at her and, like, not responding to her at first. And then kind of snapped out of it. Like, they should have had, like, a gradual, the evil is growing within him, and he doesn't know what's happening to him. At no point does he have any sort of struggle. with. The, he's just, it's like a, a switch is flipped, and he's just a bad person now. I do think we're also spoiled by 10-episode TV shows where it's a slow descent into madness. We had two hours to get this guy there, and they just didn't get the pacing right. Well, that's the problem with doing it in a third movie with a brand new character that, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like if he was present in all the other ones and he just kind of like, he showed some tendencies and then Michael grabbed him and transferred the evil, that would have made a better movie. But also, like, why? Why do this? Michael doesn't need a sidekick he he doesn't need his legacy to live on in any sort Get of way. Get this man a sidekick. <laughs> he's wearing a Spock mask and he's got that one spray painted white and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> like it's never been hinted at that he's like possessed by a demon that needs a new host or something like that. Like, and why Corey? He's not a killer. It was an accident. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, and like the t- attempt at humanization of Michael where he's been dehumanized throughout the entire series as an absolute monster with nothing inside, like in trying to draw the parallel of Corey who did something by accident with Michael who ch- clearly chose that and was a monster as a child. He had he fucking murdered his sister. Like I don't know. That's a, that's yeah, a fair I, point. I, I Absolutely a fair point. The the trajectory that we were on fucking just dropped into the negative. And I, yeah. if you take anything from this episode, that's what this movie is. Is like, we're on the right path. All right. Evil dies tonight. Okay, this is getting a little hokey. All right, uh-huh. this is this is too much. Uh, oh, oh, and now he's a superpower. Okay, cool. He's John Wick. That's all right, whatever. And now we're like, 
decrepit old man who possesses the youth. It was. It's a totally yeah. different story. Well, I say this. Yeah, this is the most disrespectful part of the entire movie. Is we see Corey and Allison out, and he's like trying to make up with her to be like, "Sorry, I left you at the bar the other night," but at the same time, he's being a real asshole. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I live with my grandma, and my parents died, and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? Just take care of her for the rest of your life? And her reaction isn't like, that's kind of fucked up. Her reaction is like, oh, no, yeah, I mean, she was doing, she was a lot worse, but now she's doing really good. And it's like, there's no recognition that he is acting like a monster <laughs> or acting completely different than he was the day before. I don't know. Abusive um, relationships are hard to understand. Like, that's the birth of an abusive relationship. And women are like, okay, I put all my eggs in this basket. And she wasn't at the point where the, all the eggs were in the basket, though. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know. I've Yeah, but you're not oblivious to the things that people say in the way that they say them. Right. I don't know. Like, I she's not this, a stupid person. <laughs> this whole other character is my main problem with this movie. I know there's a lot of problems with this movie. But this disjointed character who's just like, come on, babe, we met on Tinder. Uh, you, you owe me a phone call. I'm literally three times your oh, age. The co- Yeah, he's like 45, this cop named Doug, who is, if you listen to him, when he's going in the next scene when he's chasing after Corey, he says, no one fucks with Doug Mullaney. The Mullaney's are those little kids from Halloween Kills at the beginning in the flashback scene that are bullying uh, Lonnie. You remember the the creepy crackhead kids yep. that are like kicking the shit out of them? They're the Mullaney's. But yeah, this cop's like coming up and hitting on Allison and Corey like gets in his face and shit. And they leave. Corey drops Allison off on ho- at home. And when he leaves, the Doug is following him and follows him back to the to the sewer. Um, like down where the homeless people live and Doug finds the homeless man's body and Corey tries to suffocate him with his jacket <laughs> which was hilarious he like wraps his jacket around his face and tackles him to the ground <laughs> he almost got him <laughs> but he, he chases him into the sewer where Michael is and there are some cool visuals in this scene like he's looking around with a flashlight and at one point you see Michael behind him and I thought the the visual of him being kind of decrepit because he's got like one arm up close to his body and he's like kind of hunched over, it looked very creepy. But then what follows, and another scene later, is the most disrespectful thing <laughs> to this character in the history of this 13-movie franchise. Michael attacks Doug, and Doug easily pushes him to the ground yeah a man that has killed upwards of 50 people with ease he gets thrown to the ground and like a turtle flipped on his shell he cannot get back up but isn't there a little bit of that uh emperor palpatine thing where it's like oh no i'm too weak i cannot do it you do it you think he's you think he's selling (laughs) i don't think he's selling (laughs) i don't know he could be i I think it's supposed to be he's so beaten down from kills, but it just, he got up perfectly fine from all of that and killed everybody. <laughs> you don't, you don't, four years later, he's like, oh, I remember when that happened? Man, my joints are really hurting yeah. from that. Oh, my <laughs> I can't get up from this chair. I need a different chair. 
Like, I need a walker, but let me supernaturally gaze into your eyes. <laughs> I don't know. That's not the point I find the most unbelievable. Like, adrenaline's a thing, and he was feeding off their fear, and he killed them. And then once their fear starts to die down, his body catches up to him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's the worst thought as far as, like, the mechanics But of he's Michael. not. He, he has to be supernatural to have survived that onslaught. Yeah. He was shot five times, stabbed repeatedly, beaten. Somebody brought like, a He got stabbed iron. in the back of his neck. This <laughs> is... The, the problem with this movie is it was trying to do two things at once, and they were opposing things. They were trying, and like, if you're going to have him be just a man, but there's a supernatural aspect to it, then you have to explicitly say that because the guessing game of is he or isn't he when clearly he has to be, but then those rules can't apply later on in the movie just makes, it just takes me out of it personally. I'm just like, well, this is fucking ridiculous. Like he's an absolute juggernaut. You can't say it's his age. He's 65. The last movie took place four years ago. At 61, he would be almost as decrepit, and he's picking firemen up in the air with fucking one <laughs> hand. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's roll through this a little more. Like, so the kid yeah. decides to be a murderer, and he kills yeah. the doctor and the slutty nurse because when he calls the girl and he's like you need to come with me she's like i have to work and he's like you know how you don't work if i kill these motherfuckers and which is it's weird though the implication there is kind of that he wants to kill them because they fucked allison out of her promotion yeah but at no point does she tell him that (laughs) that's fair so they're just kind of pointless targets because they happen to be in this film We really missed out on boobs on that one. We were so close. We were yeah, so close. Yeah, I thought close. we were getting them. <laughs> that, I think that is a pretty cool scene. I think Corey's scarecrow mask definitely works. It looks creepy. But then, again, when he's caught, he is still acting like a person. He's not. It's not like he's like adopting the characteristics of Michael. He's not becoming this slow, silent stalker. He's still a normal human who just happens to like killing people now. Like, he's frantically banging on the door to get back in and shit. Like, I don't know. You mean you don't like that the protege of Michael Myers (laughs) is acting like Ghostface? (laughs) Yeah. Why wouldn't you like that, Josh? (laughs) Unstoppable Unstoppable killing machine, and his apprentice is a... Trauma killer. Weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, but like, so presumably he got there on his motorcycle. He has no other mode of transport. Was Michael Myers riding bitch all the way there? <laughs> Snuggling up on him. <laughs> his arms around him. Don't ever let me go. <laughs> he's got his arms up like he's flying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, the scene is shot really cool. I think Michael killing the girl and having to be an homage to the original one where he kills Bob. By stabbing him to the wall is really cool. The set was but, um, gorgeous. Oh my god! Yeah. To live in that house would be incredible. Yeah, I want that house with the poolside fireplace. Fuck oh, yeah, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that dude's house is dope. I wanted to be that guy that night, like Maybe pop a nice bottle. Night. Well, yeah. Prior to knock off Michael <laughs> rolling into my house, but yeah, I. I mean, the other thing too is. We didn't get the kill. We didn't get to see him kill the doctor. 
You know? Well, he's stabbing him in the throat with a corkscrew. Oh, yeah. Okay. We did. I, I'm thinking of when she walked there's, out there, on the pool deck. There's definitely some scenes missing. I rewatched it today, and you can see when she first steps out there, you can like see him in the shadows stabbing him over and over and over again with the corkscrew. Oh. But there are there are I've seen like a map, like it's like a collage of there are a lot of scenes from the trailers that are not in this movie. So I'm wondering if there will be a director's cut that is maybe very different. Cuz there's like a scene cuz the doctor has like a bag over his head when he's stabbing him with the corkscrew. And there's a scene of the trailer of his dead body like floating in the pool and stuff. That's not in this movie. Wouldn't it be crazy if his like weapon of choice was a corkscrew? Corkscrew. <laughs> <laughs> everywhere he goes, he's just like, open! Open! <laughs> Starts banging someone uh, against the wall with a shoe on their head. Like, <laughs> You guys ever open a bottle of wine like that? It's it's not fun. With a shh. With a shoe? No, yeah, you put your your bottle of wine in a shoe and you bang it against the wall and eventually the cork flies out if you don't have a corkscrew. <laughs> no, I've never done that. I don't drink a lot of wine, so it's really not fun and it's not worth it. So for anyone who thinks I'll go off of Pinterest and open this bottle of wine, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so it just says yeah, you're right. Alright, and moving on. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where to, I don't know how to segue out of that. So yeah, uh, not a not a ton happens for the rest of the movie. Uh, Lori is very suspicious of Corey. She has that that scene where she has the run in with him within the house where the boy died is pretty cool. Yeah. She kind of like steps back into her badassery a little bit in that scene. Yeah, where she she wakes him up by like bang con, like rocking back and banging the chair off the wall, and she's just ba- but. There's definitely dialogue missing in that scene because she's like, I need, to, I want to help you. Let me help you. Stay away from my granddaughter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Took a 180 there, Lori. <laughs> so Corey and Allison are like on the top of this uh, radio. So you've been hearing this radio station throughout the whole movie, which I thought was very off-putting as the opening of the film through like over the Universal logo and stuff. Just didn't really fit. Especially how the other two opened. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this for a second. One, the best intro out of the three, not musically, but like visually. The pumpkins like exploding out of each other was awesome. I really liked that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't mind it. That was my favorite out of the three. One of my favorites from the Halloween franchise. But the fucking radio station as a plot device and like all of the shit that came with that. I mean, we did get the best and, kill from there, but the music in the beginning sucked. Hated it. I was, and no one got tackled off that tower. <laughs> I just no one. I just didn't care about the radio station, and like it was so clear that they like really wanted that to be an important part of the plot, and it just didn't feel important at all. No. Yeah. It. And it's Michael's the way Michael kills people is kind of aimlessly, especially in this trilogy. He just kind of kills whoever gets in his way. Mm-hmm. All of Corey's kills are based on revenge for for really no re- like anyone who's an asshole to him dies. But he just luckily happens to live in a town where everybody's an asshole. <laughs> like everybody's a piece of shit in this town. Not the fucking like the, sheriff. The, yeah, not the sheriff. He's a sweetie. That I thought that I sw- I was hoping they'd be living together. I thought they'd be boning and shit. And but they're still like they act like they haven't seen each other since the last movie. It's a small town. <laughs> yeah, their relationship was very forced in comparison to the last one, where it kind of felt organic. 
where they're like, okay, we've found ourselves in these situations so many times. It's We've already had advances on each other. It should have already been established that it was a thing in this movie. And it was definitely, definitely not. And, I mean, we can gloss over it. It's just, it is a subplot that has zero repercussions on the whole movie. Still better than the Corey yeah, subplot. Yeah, it's, it's, barely, it's barely even a subplot. It's, it's, it's two scenes, really. And But, I mean, it's still nice to see, and it's nice to see Laurie have some happy moments. So, yeah, uh, then comes the most disrespectful treatment of Michael Myers to ever be committed to film. Corey decides after after he has his little run-in with Lori that he wants Lori to die, basically. So he goes back to the sewer and just rushes right in there and goes, you got something I need, and has like a, a, a tackle fight with Michael. I kind of liked it. That, what? I didn't what think is wrong it, with you? Well, if you're buying into the narrative that he's weak... Then this new protege comes in like a fucking young He's lion. not. He got his groove back. He killed someone and creamed his pants. <laughs> well, yeah, but like like I said, if you're buying into the narrative that he's still decrepit and that was like the most he could do was stab the guy, the girl against the wall and she hung there with the knife, but he, it took a lot out of him, then he's already like exhausted in that place and there's like a weird like off-screen fight. I do love a good off-screen fight. I'm not going to lie. Like when you don't when you don't know how it turns, but it turns and then you see one person emerge triumphant, the suspense of it I like. But it it definitely was not executed well because Michael would have just fucking choke slammed him and stomped on his head. Like that would have been it. But he didn't he had a soft spot for the kid for whatever reason and he didn't kill him. I'll say it this way. Corey and Lori seem to be about the same size. He throws that bitch around the fucking kitchen. He beats later. the <laughs> shit out of her later. Like but he can't tackle this little dude. He's not that big. Soft spot, like I said. Yeah. Unnes- un- yeah, unacceptable. I thought it was bullshit. But then he kills the fucking band kids, and it's awesome. Yeah, he lures the band kids to the, his his stepdad's junkyard, and uh, he silent somehow silently kills the one with a drumstick through the eye. That kid didn't scream at all. <laughs> he could have at least slit his throat to make it believable. He had the magic jacket where he choked him out first and stabbed him in the face. <laughs> And then he he drives the tow truck through the gate, pinning the one girl to the ground. He beats the other girl to death, seemingly. Yeah. And then he takes a blowtorch to the main bully's mouth, which was pretty cool because the perspective is on the girl trapped under the fence's face and her like look of shock with the face in the foreground, but just kind of out of focus. I thought the the the, the kills in this movie are all great. The trailer just leads you to believe that they're Michael committing these murders because Corey's wearing Michael's mask. <laughs> and that girl who was under the thing that lived longest, she was the only sympathetic one of those. And she was in it because her boyfriend was the lackey or whatever. And she really was uncomfortable with the whole situation every time the situation happened. But, like, she partook, so she had to go. And she, she got just a standard squished head. And, of course, stepdad died because lead guy shot him in the head, and it was horrible. Yeah, poor poor guy. He was trying to protect Corey, who didn't deserve it. And he was watching, like, Big Trouble in Little China or some shit, wasn't he? Uh, he was watching a Chuck Norris movie. <laughs> <laughs> He would like a Chuck Norris movie. So yeah, then we go to to 
Uh, Allison's kept calling Corey because they were supposed to meet at 9, and he's not answering. Uh, we cut to Lori's house. Uh, her and Allison had had a fight, basically. Allison's like, I'm leaving town. Like, you can't get over all of this shit, and I don't need it anymore. So Lori is going to kill herself. Um, she places a call to 911 saying there's been a suicide. She, like, goes up to her office, and she's, like, getting basically getting ready to kill herself. And we <laughs> sign to see Corey as Mike, like, through his POV, Michael style, like, stalking her up into her room. And it seems like she kills herself. But he pushes the door open, and she's like, I wouldn't kill myself. Bang, bang. Shoots him two times. And he lands on a landmine. <laughs> Bazooka. <laughs> it's an AK-47. <laughs> that would have been awesome if he opened the door and she had, like, a minigun. <laughs> saws her house in half. <laughs> but, yeah, he falls down the stairs. She goes down and is like basically you're evil and and i wouldn't kill myself and you you can't have allison and uh, she does not question at all where did you get this michael myers mask that is definitely michael myers mask and can't possibly be a replica because it's burned and moldy and everything else she doesn't seem to be like she doesn't seem to second guess at all that it's Corey. you would think see when he pushes the door open seeing that it's michael's face would give her some sort of shock or pause or anything. But no, she's just like, yeah, I know it's him. Like, I know it's Corey. He's come to kill me. <laughs> so Corey's just like, if if I can't have her, no one can. M- making you think that, oh, he's going to kill Allison. But he plunges the knife into his own throat. <laughs> so so I guess Lori. She plenty of people her. could have Allison. <laughs> no, she was, he was trying to alienate his relation, her relationship with like their relationship by saying, like, oh, Lori killed me. Yeah, I guess because Allison then walks in and it looks like Lori has stabbed him in the throat because she took the knife out of his neck. And she's like, no, no, it's not what it looks like. Even Allison, who has seen the burnt-faced Michael Myers mask and Lori hasn't, (laughs) does not question where this thing came from, why her boyfriend's dressed like Michael Myers. Um, She leaves and Lori is uh, sitting there like crying and crying. She has the gun, even though she knows it's out of bullets. She still looks like she's kind of contemplating suicide. But then old Mikey Myers creeps in, and because uh, he he got to have that mask back <laughs> <laughs> again, though, so coincidental. Just happens to be in Lori's house. He does not give a fuck about this broad at all. Shit just seems to happen around her. See, that's the thing. I feel like he was setting this kid up to be the new him. He was watching the whole time. That, okay, so maybe he can do what I couldn't. Like, is he the next Michael Myers? And then when it turns out he's not, he's like, oh, well, my turn. And he comes yeah, in cool. to finish the job. <laughs> he gets his mask. He goes to pick up the knife. Corey's still alive somehow. And tries to stop him, so Michael snaps his neck. No more protege, thank God. Um, And Lori notices, like, the door is open, and she's like can hear him, so she's creeping around. And then, uh, then we have the the I would say epic end fight scene, but unfortunately, most of it you see in the trailer because it's their only confrontation in the entire film. But it's decent. I th- I thought it was decent. I- Miles, how did you feel about it? You go, Chris. So how I felt about it was. You said for that just the end or the whole movie? Well, like the fight, the end fight, the, fight scene. the end fight. Well. Scene. The, f- the fight scene to me was fine. Um, 
it really wasn't anything that we haven't seen before. Um, so it wasn't, it was neither a letdown nor like a success to me. Um, but honestly, it just felt very tacked on to what had just happened yeah. with Corey. Um, it, it didn't feel like Michael was there. Like, and it, this was Michael Myers movie. Uh, it was like, Oh yeah. Also there's this guy. Um, so when we shifted back to it, I mean, it was pretty brutal at the end. I thought the, the gore and stuff was cool. And honestly, I do feel like, well, it was kind of weird seeing Michael like pitiful pinned with all those butcher's knives. Even didn't, didn't she pin his foot too? Oh yeah, she did. Well, she, she stabs him in the hand Mm -hmm. and then pushes the refrigerator over onto his legs. That's what it was. Yeah. (laughs) And then stabs him through the other hand and hammers it in with a cast iron pan, which I thought this was pretty badass. Yeah, she was like, Grandma Mode, what? <laughs> she just pied him in the face with the burning apple pie, pumpkin pie. Yeah. See, she can take down that refrigerator, but Michael Myers can't take Corey down? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, yeah. I My computer was absolutely shitting on itself when, when we were talking about that earlier, but I heard you guys saying that. That part pissed me off so much. That made me more angry than the, the cop that had the kerfuffle with him. Yeah. I was not happy about that. Um, But yeah, so again, it just like kept, you know, kind of tippy-toeing on that line of whether or not he was supernatural or not, because it's like, okay, he's still alive after you cut his throat and cut his veins and stabbed him in the chest. Like, what is this man eating? (laughs) Yeah, like he he's getting tackled by Corey, but she literally stabs him in the heart and he pops back up. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't. Yeah, it's all it's all over the place. I think the end fight scene is really cool, but yeah, it's very tacked on. Like, oh yeah, we have to do this. Yeah. Like it doesn't really fit the rest of the movie. It was just like here's the ending, so these two have to confront each other. Would this have been a better movie if Michael Myers wasn't in it? No, I would have been more pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not be a under the movie if Corey wasn't in it. If it was under the Halloween moniker, then they would have needed to advertise that it was not going to be about Michael. Yeah, season of the witch. It. Yeah. 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 But I think I think it's it's suiting his death. Like finally, you get an actual definitive death. She slits his throat. And I thought rest. it was pretty gnarly when he rips his hand out. After that, he rips his hand out through the knife and starts choking Lori. Mm-hmm. I don't. I ex, I kind of expected Lori to die too. Um, not really in this scene, because then Allison comes in and breaks his arm, and then they slash his wrist, and he just bleeds out and dies. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the cops show up and are like, they're like, he ain't dead enough. So collect everyone in town. Let's have a parade to Bro, the old junkyard. This is the funniest <laughs> part of the whole movie. Like this to me had me laughing way harder than Evil Dies Tonight in the theaters. <laughs> Like, Cow- cowboy co- cowboy cop showed back up and he's like this is how it works tonight bro all the police <laughs> all the other cops are like that's not how we do this here and then the cowboy cop the sheriff rolls up he's like tonight it is and i burst out <laughs> laughing in the theater legitimately i was like holy shit this is there that was one of my critiques of the movie i was like there's no real comedy in this movie at all like there's no brevity period and like for how happy Lori and her granddaughter are, 
I don't. I didn't understand why there wasn't any humor between the two of them. And the one bit of humor we get is from this fucking dude. Yeah. And it's not intentional. So they strap Michael's lifeless body to the to the top of Allison's car, and drive as everyone in town follows them to the junkyard where they then push Michael's body into the aforementioned grinder which the effect is really cool you literally see his body get mangled into this grinder it would have been way fucking cooler if they had ended up having that showdown at the freaking junkyard and she like kicks him into it Spartan style Yeah, and she could have been like this one's for my daughter, bitch. Tackles her into the meat grinder. That's how he should have done. What? I, yeah. What I was hoping for that didn't happen, even though his throat had been slit and his wrist had been slashed, when she went to push him into the grinder, I was like, "Is he gonna do it?" I thought he was gonna grab her by the wrist and pull him, pull her in with him, and get one final kill, and then they both die. It was kind of, like, poetic that he, like, stuck her hand in the fucking garbage disposal, and then he got garbage disposal, though. Like, they, they tried to give it a little <laughs> I did actually... Well, she blew, his, she blew his fingers off. He was trying to get payback. <laughs> Honestly, all of that, like, that alternate ending would have been much more satisfying to me, Josh. Like, no joke. Like, there's so many different decisions that were made that had they made just a slightly they could have still followed through on the concept that they want to do but had they executed it better it the movie would have been so much better and like i'm sorry i'm not going to give a good idea movie that is horribly executed any kind of positive review i think the movie was fucking trash like i went in with very low expectations because i had no expectations based on the marketing there was very little of it and now i understand why they don't want you to know what it was because if you knew what it was, you probably wouldn't see it. And you're definitely not seeing it after you hear the word of mouth campaign that's going on because the people who are saying they loved this movie don't actually like Halloween. Right. You can li- you can like horror movies, but you don't actually want you didn't go to see a Halloween movie. Yeah, it's weird. all the people that do like it, the r- things they say that they like about it, I'm like those are all the things I hate about it. I'm like what are you talking about? <laughs> like like I think a better way. I really wanted to go more in depth to it, but I won't. I won't stop without even just mentioning it. I think a better way to go with this was to would have been to keep Corey in it. You could have even kept the opening the same, but treated him more like a boy that cries wolf situation. Like nobody wants to listen to him because he accidentally killed this kid. Mm-hmm. So I think they should have done where Michael's missing for four years. And have kind of the same uh, similar situation. Don't have the first scene where he gets abducted by Michael. Have the scene where he's getting chased by Doug, and they just happen to stumble in there. Like he's Corey goes in there hiding from Doug, and Doug mm-hmm. comes in to find him. They like kill him, and have them find Michael in there. Michael kills Doug. Corey gets away, and he's trying to tell everyone like I found him. Like you've all been looking for him. I found Michael Myers. He's alive, and no one fucking believes him because he killed this kid on accident. I think that would have been a much an easier pill to swallow of a storyline than this mess that they kind of gave us. Even if he had been like him and what's the is it Cassie the granddaughter? Allison. Wow, so far off. Anyways, <laughs> uh, like Allison, even if it had been like him and Allison had been dating and got super serious and then they broke up and that's what pushed him. 
where he just like went psycho and started emulating Michael would have been better. Um, I also want to throw this out there. Like, obviously the delays for these films due to COVID that's just out of anyone's hands, but I would have honestly probably liked a COVID Halloween movie where people were like quarantining in their homes. But then there was like a group of people, like probably teenagers who were breaking quarantine, throwing a Halloween party because it's Halloween and Michael Myers in that, like I would have been cool with that. Well, yeah, we could have used our famous tagline. We all wear masks. <laughs> Corey would have choked that guy out with a face mask, though. Like, it would have been worse. With uh, with those fucking, doc- like, the full suits, the gowns, the operating gra- gowns that surgeons wear. N95, filled with acid. <laughs> I just, you know, I... They didn't really ever allude to why Michael was lurking in the sewers for four years um and whatever yeah like what was he doing the whole time just sitting there it's just like occasionally abducting people but it's just like i mean to survive yeah but how would he have survived like let's think of it this way if he is a man right and he is beaten up because of the amount of abuse he took in the last couple of movies which is understandable if he's not supernatural Homeboy, you're living in a sewer with open wounds and you're wearing the same clothes for four years? You would have died from infection long ago. Yeah. This movie would have benefited from being three hours long if they could have just explained what they were trying to convey. But making it a two-hour movie, no one would have wanted to watch a three-hour movie. But if it was, they just, they cut out too much of what they needed to be a good story. Like, they cut out all of the important shit and just left, like, the money shots and the bare essentials. And it, it hurt the film so much that it's borderline unwatchable. Yeah, I, do, I would definitely watch an extended or director's cut to see if, if adding in scenes would fix it in any way. But, I mean, that being said, I did watch it for a second time today. And once they got towards the end, I shut it off because I was like, yeah, I know where the rest of this goes. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, I think we all have so much more to say, but this is already a pretty long episode, so let, we might as well rate this bitch. What are we rating it? What? Industrial <sighs> grinders. Yeah, uh, I was going to say uh, evil transferences. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to name it... God. piles of dog shit <laughs> yeah i wanted to say something snarky but i'm like i'm trying to think of anything that i would want to rate this as um, burnt pumpkin pies <laughs> <laughs> fucking pumpkin pie dj tongues like pseudo deep novels like, <laughs> oh my god the laurie strode monologues about her life like Honestly, it it brought brought me back to the worst parts of Scream, where Gail Weathers is writing her book, but that's supposed to be a joke, <laughs> and Laurie Strode's book is, like, legit. Like, it's supposed to yeah. be, like, oh, my God, she's tugging my heartstrings. Like, cherry blossoms. This movie, you say cherry, oh, yeah, cherry. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that was the Sorry, I blacked that part, part out. Her stupid, her stupid book was she, like, actually put something poignant in there for a second. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, Frank's going to take her to Japan. Yeah, I'll I'll rate it out of pleasure trips to Japan. <laughs> All right, Japanese um, lorries. How many Japanese lorries <laughs> do we give this movie? Josh, you go first. Uh, I will, I'd say generously give it a 2.5. Like, I think it's it's shot well. It, the kills are great. The the acting is great. Nobody's a bad actor in this movie. I think it's just poorly written, and it was definitely a mess of trying to change their original story into whatever this is. And, and I I I put out a quick little like spoiler free review of it on on Twitter, saying that like I I was disappointed, and I'll rewatch it and for this to review it so it would be fresh in my mind and I think the most important thing I said which will I think always stand true for this movie with me is that nothing is going to change the fact that this is not what I wanted out of this movie in no way shape or form do I ever want a copycat killer or a a sidekick for Michael Myers like it doesn't it's not necessary It, it and other movies have done it and gotten shit for it. So why would you try this? Like, you didn't learn from Friday the 13th Part 5 where nobody liked the fact that it wasn't Jason and you just tried to do the same thing with a different person? Like, I, yeah, 2.5. <laughs> I won't shut the fuck up if I keep talking. What about you, Chris? I'm going to give it a 1.5. I went into this movie not expecting a lot really honestly like i enjoyed halloween kills i actually really liked it i know people thought i love that movie i thought people i know people thought it was stupid this movie took every bad part of halloween kills and then amplified it a million fold and i was like holy shit the thing that made halloween kills bearable and fun was all of the kills and how ridiculous it got but like in a good way. And this movie got ridiculous in a bad way. Like I really just I fucking hated the plot. I thought it was so stupid. And yeah. as as a like the problem I had, the biggest problem I had with it was that it was flying it under the franchise banner of Halloween. And this movie could have stood on its own not being a Halloween movie, but it was a poor fit for the trilogy, was a bad entry into the fran- franchise. It's a movie that I probably will never watch again even though it had two kills that I thought were pretty cool. I think time is going to be kinder to this movie than we are giving it credit for, because like now that it's part of the lexicon, kind of like how the first three star, like episodes one, two and three of star Wars, everyone hated them when they came out, but then they've become the Holy Bible of star Wars. I'm not saying it's going to be like that, but this little trilogy is going to stand out when the inevitable remakes happen again as like okay well we established that he can transfer evil and all that but it's it's not a great movie at all but i don't know how like this whole trilogy i wasn't like oh man these are great none of them did i feel like any of them were great so i feel like it's just towing the line of exactly where we were as far as completely disjointed movies that have cool scenes in them so i'm gonna give it a three just because i was entertained I think time will be kinder to this movie, especially once we get the Snyder cut. And, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> I just don't think it's all that great. So I'm going to give it three Japanese lorries out of five. Yeah. 
I, yeah. I mean, yeah, like we, we've said this whole episode, it's a very divisive movie. So, I mean, if you like it, all power to you. No, no, sorry for shitting all over a movie you like. But, yeah, it just didn't just didn't do it for us. <laughs> I mean, if you liked it, yeah, I'm happy for you because I had the literal exact thing happen to me. Like, I was in that movie to like it. And it fucking sucked. And I was really frustrated. I was deeply frustrated because it's like I didn't even have a high bar to jump over. And I really can't see myself ever going back to watching this a la Halloween 2 from Rob Zombie. I will never watch that movie again. It's like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like the uh, the meme where it's like the girl goes to jump over the hurdle and she lands flat in her face in the water and she stands up and she looks around she's just like what do i do and then she just like runs frantically like totally disappointed she's never gonna catch up (laughs) yeah yeah it's one of those things where i understand that my fandom for this is a detriment when there's a bad movie because i am like a super this is my favorite horror movie franchise like, I watch videos and listen to podcasts about this franchise all the time in between releases of movies. Like, I love this. So, it's a like, I was mad in the movie theater. You shouldn't be mad at the movie theater. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's my happy place. So, yeah. Let us know your thoughts. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at H on H Pod. Let us know. It's okay if you liked it. We still want to hear from you if you liked it. Uh, tell us why. Tell us why maybe you think we're wrong or things that maybe we, you didn't think we saw. And we will come back to you next week with a movie that we'll definitely like a lot more. Happy Death Day to you to uh, round out sequels and prequels month. Fingers yeah. crossed. But, I hope uh, it's good. I haven't seen it myself. so. Yeah, yeah I haven't I've seen it either. But Chris said it's I've, good. I promise you we're going to have more fun on watching that movie than we did with Halloween Ends, which is yeah. which is one of the things I think that heavily affected my entire interpretation of this movie is when I watch a horror movie, either I want to be so disturbed that I'm not having fun, which I'm like, holy shit, this is really intense, or I want to have a romp. Like, I want to have a good time. And I just I felt like this didn't hit either of those notes, unfortunately for me. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's true. <sighs> All right, everybody. But Oh, go ahead. But next week we gonna have a wrong. We gonna have a wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, everybody. Well remember, life is tough. So why not get high on evil dice tonight?